Welcome back to Chip and Eric reading through the Bible, America's thing. And Allison. Ugh. You spoiled it. I'm not ugging that you're here. I'm glad you're here. I, you spoiled it. What did it, I spoil? Though. That it was that it's Allison. I was gonna do the whole like Chip's back. It's finally Chip again. Yeah, that we've done that already. So no, so. I was gonna do it different. You weren't. Let's start over. Okay. Welcome on. back to Chip and Eric read through the Bible, America's number one thing in the world. I'm Eric, and Chip is here today. It's Chip, not Allison. See, I did it differently. It's different. So then what is my life? Okay, you ruined it again. What? All right, anyway. you. We need to meet beforehand, I think. <laughs> no, I refuse to have any more meetings in my life. <laughs> All right, anyway. Well, Allison, speaking of meetings. Here. Thank you for filling in for Chip. Not a problem. Yeah. Speaking of meetings in Eric's life, we are going to be reading. This is day 332, and we're going to read Mark 6, 7 through Mark 8, 30. Yeah. Then Jesus, oh man, <laughs> I inhaled and just choked myself. Okay, let's try again. Okay. Okay. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. He called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. Wherever you go, he said, stay in the same house until you leave town. But if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So the disciples went out, telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Some were saying, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can't. He can do such miracles. Others said he's the prophet Elijah. Still, others said he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, "John, the man I beheaded, has come back from the dead." For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his mother. I mean, sorry, she had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, "It's against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife." So Herodias bore a, gr a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless, for Herod respected John, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed when, whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias' chance finally came when, on Herod's birthday, he gave her a party for his high government... He didn't give her a party. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guests. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask, even up to half my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, what should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said, but because of the vows he had made in front of his guests, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on the tray, and gave it to the girl, who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles 
didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so you can go, so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what? they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, We have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of, of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the land to Bethsaida. While, while he sent his people home, after telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. After they had crossed the lake, they landed in Genesaret. Is that right? Sure. Okay. They brought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area, carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought, out the, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch the least, at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand-washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, Why don't your disciples follow your, our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. Their, they, their worship is a farce for they teach man-made ideas as the commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to, to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. Then Jesus called the crowd to come in and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. 
It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes out from your heart. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either, he asked. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful de desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these things come from within. They are what defile you. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile, born in Syrian Phoenicia, how do I say that? Thanks uh, for your help. Phoenicia? Thank you. Jesus told her, first, I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed, and the demon was gone. Hmm. Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the Ten Towns. A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay hands, his hands on the man and heal, to heal him. Jesus led him away for the, from the crowd so that they could be alone. He put his fingers into the man's ears. Then, spinning on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, which means, be opened. Instantly, the man could hear perfectly, and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. About this time, another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples to them. I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too, so Jesus blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and crossed over to the region of Dalmanutha. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat, and he left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They only had one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Watch out, be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? 
Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with loaves, five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? He asked them. No answer. <laughs> Next section. When they arrived at Beth- Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. <coughs> Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away, saying, Don't go back to the vil- into the village on your way home. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee, and they went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you're one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. And, and that, that is, is our, our reading today. today. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Allison, what's this tell us about? Um, us? Us. So, how frustrating we must be. (laughs) I mean, the first thing I underline in this passage is that he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful thing, right? And then you read on. You skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. My goodness, we still do this. We do this all the time. How often do we skillfully sidestep mm-hmm. God's law or tweak things so that we can do what we want to do, right? And yeah. not feel badly. And then when Jesus is sitting here telling him, how many people did I feed? Yeah. Where? How many baskets did you have left over? Twelve. Are you not getting the... Can't you see them sitting there going, 12? 12. I guess there was seven. No, they're, go- they're not going like 12. They're going like, well, it was 12. What's that have to do with this? <laughs> yeah. right. I don't get we it. We didn't bring any of those baskets, Those baskets Jesus. aren't here, Jesus. Those <laughs> special ones that we had. And I'm sure Jesus is sitting here going, I can't even deal. And also, and this, I may not be right here. I don't know, so you're going to have to tell me. Yeah, I don't know. But did, um, wasn't the reason that he told them not, he didn't want them telling and saying, you know, this is what Jesus did for me. Wasn't he trying to um, kind of give himself more time? to uh, get to the Gentiles, and, and isn't that, didn't I read that? Because he keeps telling them, don't go tell everyone, it's well, not my time yet. So look at what happens when people find out, right? His ministry it, is totally stifled. Yeah. Because he's like, okay. And also. Let's take this boat over there. Right. And then they run along the shore and get there before they can, like. Right. So yes, that's that's. And why. also, when he says, it's not my time yet, he it wasn't time for him to be arrested yet, right? So am I right in that? like You mean when he. Was talking to his mom in Cana? No. Like, no. I I thought there was another time when he said something to them about, I don't remember what he said, but it was something to the effect of needing more time or something like that. And maybe I'm dreaming that up. But I thought that part of it was he, he didn't need him, his minute, like him to kind of blow up yet so that the whole being arrested and all that right, would happen. Right, right. But that leads, yeah. that's what you were saying is yeah. that his ministry is stifled the more people know. But again, back to us and how frustrating we must be, what did they do? <laughs> Every single time. Like, he's like, don't go tell anybody. Okay, okay I'm going I to won't. tell people. Okay, 
He said to tell people. I think Jesus said to tell everybody. So I made some signs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how frustrating we must be. And so it makes me think that what it tells about us is we we really have to be very careful to um, to not make it uh, make it our like tweak everything mm. and skillfully sidestep what we know to be true, what God says to do in order to make things the way we want it, right? You know, it, but even when we do, yeah, he's like, he had compassion for them. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know? yeah. Hey, I'm going to go over here because, you know, I don't even have time to eat right now. Cool. We're going to chase you along the we're shore. Gonna, yeah, we're going to go. Can we come? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> see you there. <laughs> Should I bring something? Hey, guys, we're going to take a little break. Cool. We'll see you there. We'll see you at your break. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So what's this tell us about God? I love, uh, did you know, you probably did know, but maybe for our listeners, they don't know this, that um, outside of the resurrection, the only miracle recorded in all five, all four Gospels, I almost said five Gospels. There's four. There's four Gospels. Uh, the only one is the feeding of the 5,000. It's in all of them. Um, and so obviously that was important to each one of the Gospel writers, right? And I think this kind of shows us why, because they could not fathom what was happening when they saw it. And the the audience of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, way after Jesus, the, their audience as they write these Gospels, they want to say, hey, God provides. Um, and, and so each one of them in their story includes the feeding of the 5,000, which is crazy because, I mean, honestly, typically when we think about miracles, that's one that we do think of, but it's not the first one we think of, but it's in all four gospels. All of them thought for different reasons or the same reason, this needs to be in my gospel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to include this Mm -hmm. piece. Um, so I just think, what's to say about God that he's a provider and that, um, you know, he backs up what he says, because in Matthew chapter 6, he says, if you seek first the kingdom, I'll I'll take care of the rest of that stuff. And he backs it up over and over again. So 5,000, 4,000, and 12 people all could be fed by Jesus. So who could, didn't even have time to feed himself? So that's what it says about whatever I was talking about, God. It was God. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I just realized I, it is where he it, he tells his mom at the wedding. It's yeah, not my time. Is that the time. same reason? Yeah. Is that yeah. he well, cycles I think, his ministry? Well, yeah. He just, he probably, his desire was probably to build something out first so that it wasn't like people are cutting holes in the roofs to get people to Because him. they would you need know to what be I mean? healed, like, right? They wanted healing. And, yeah. Yeah. I love Jesus a lot. That's this good. So great. This is just great. I love this. Yeah. This is so great. Don't y'all love this? Put it on Facebook. Tell me tell me how you're doing in the in the here at the end. Cuz you realize we're we're close like to the end. We are yeah. we are what is this? Today's well, a month. Yeah. Yeah. In a little over a month you will have read the whole Bible. Again. Some of you again. Yeah. Some, Some of you for of the you first time, which is awesome. I mean, I can't even handle how exciting so that is. So good. Love that. All well, right. Chips got to go by 2. And Chips not here. Well, I guess I just... But he'll be here tomorrow. Why do you do that? Why? He's lying to you. I'm not lying. It's me. No, I'm making statements that don't match up with reality. It's different That is skillfully sidestepping. (laughs) (laughs) That is a skillful sidestep. It's not in the Ten Commandments not to lie, so... What's the difference in that and bear false witness? 
Well, I'm not bearing false witness. Am I accusing you of killing Chip? No. Guys, I hate to say this on the air. Allison killed Chip. Oh my gosh. I did not kill Chip. Prove Chip it. Be back. He Can't will be prove back. It. I he will be back. Can't prove it. Okay, it that's that's where we need to go.